Yo, 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 yo. It's nothing more annoying than to see parents on the sideline. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you cheering for your kids, okay? Cheering for your child is phenomenal, right? But when you don't know the game, when you've never played the game, or if you haven't played the game past a certain level, I don't need you talking to the ref, okay? I don't need you yelling at your kids, telling them where to be, how to be, especially if you're not the coach. It confuses them. But you know what? I don't want to get off the original topic that I'm here to talk about tonight. It's just something I had to get off my chest. I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? So... That's that. You know, being a coach, you know, part-time coach, fill-in coach, whatever you want to call me, the specialist, I'll come in from time to time and take over, install my program and watch it flourish. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like it. But the wait is over. Lonzo Ball, we're here. We are here. Second year in the league. Um, former UCLA point guard. Former Chino Hills point guard. And uh, there's a lot to talk about, man. There's a lot to talk about. And, um, well, it's not that much, but it's some things that we must understand. So I think early on coming in, I've always thought Lonzo was Magic's guy. And what I mean by that is, you know how certain, you know, <clears throat> certain GMs um, and or coaches they would like to bring in certain players to run their system or whatever vision that they have for that particular franchise, for that particular team, for that roster. Lonzo Ball fits what the Lakers is trying to do. But at the same time, I, I understand how the Lakers run their organization. You still have to prove yourself. There's no doubt about that. Everybody's been knowing since last summer, since last offseason, you know, the whole B.I. allegation. It's, it's just a lot going on. You know, is B.I. going to stay? Is he going to leave? He's up on the trading block every other Wednesday. <laughs> you know, there's there's blogs and stories and, 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 and opinions out there. There are even trade scenarios that make sense, some that don't make sense. But at the end of the day, as a Laker, you must prove yourself. Even LeBron is going through it as well. You know, we know he's the best player in the world. We know he's going to end up a Hall of Famer for sure. You know, and he's arguably <clears throat> arguably top 10, top 5, wherever you want to put him within that, you know, range. It's going to be the best ever, right? So... Yet and still, he's in a position, just like everybody else, where you have to prove yourself as a Laker. That's just how it is. That's just what the Lakers was built off of. I can understand if this was a different organization. It might be slightly different. But it's a lot of weight that comes along with that. It's a lot. You have to prove yourself. Now, LeBron has proven himself throughout his whole career, and we've seen it. We witnessed it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, but at the same time, there's a certain standard that's held when you wear a Lakers jersey, whether it's the number one option, 1A, 1B, or you're the role player. Hell, even the water boy. 
It's just a certain level of greatness that you must hold and obtain throughout your Laker career. There's only been one Laker, one one great Laker that hasn't hosted up a trophy. That's the young uh, Elgin Baylor. But besides that, everybody. And, and we show a lot of cast love. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? The Nick Van Exels, the Eddie Jones. It's a lot of cats that came through that has worn a Laker jersey that would always be a Laker. For sure would be a Laker, you know. But fast forwarding to the future, there's a lot of goals that's set um, for the past, you know, prior to this season, for the past five years. We've been collecting our our data. We've been uh, breezing through the seasons, um, not giving much effort, yet still entertaining. And all that to collect certain players to fit the mold or the vision that Magic uh, has for our Lakers. Lonzo is one of those players. I'll get to B.I. probably later on this season. But Lonzo is definitely one of those players. This is the thing. Just because I feel like he can definitely fit what the Lakers have going on, just because I feel like Magic may like this player doesn't mean that Magic won't move Lonzo. And you and you will say, well, isn't that con- contradicting what you're saying? Well, actually, no, it's not. I mean, because before you build that that trust between you know the coach and the GM and the players, you got to build that trust with the organization in general. That's including the fans, and we've always trusted Magic. Always, he hasn't given us a reason not to trust him. Now, in the front office before he got there, there's been plenty of times we wanted to put on our ski mask and go kidnap one of the siblings, <laughs> which y'all can pretty much figure out. Because it, it, I wouldn't say he wasn't doing a good job. It's just that when some roadblocks presented itself, he didn't have too much give back. Now, some would argue what was out there to go get. I would say, figure it out. You want to know why? Because the father figured it out. The daughter is figuring it out. With that said, they did things for the brand. They did things for the Laker brand. We do not do business like everybody else. We do not play basketball like everybody else. We do not take care of our players like other franchises take care of their players it's different when you look out the staples when you look outside the staples center you're going to find that the greats that came through got a statue you know when you walk inside the staples center you're going to you're going to look up at the wall and see that there's a lot of jerseys retired And so in order for them cats to get that type of love, (laughs) 
They had to build that trust. Kobe started from the ground up. Three air balls. You know what I mean? Five championships later. All right, now we talking. Two jerseys retired. Statue on the way. You know what I mean? So the thing is, with Lonzo, a hometown kid, you know, stayed home to play college ball for one year, you know, and is living the Cinderella story by going off and playing for the franchise, the best franchise in the state of California, you know. But do we really know who Lonzo is? Because I feel like when we first drafted him, of course he's going to be, he's going to, five, ten years from now, he's going to be compared to his draft class, to the cats that he played against in college, or, you know, not necessarily played against because he didn't play against all of them. But he's going to get compared to, you know, the De'Aaron Fox. You know what I'm saying? The Jason Tatums of the world. For the rest of his career, if his career stopped now and De'Aaron Fox and Jason Tatum's career was to continue, it would still be weighed against their career. It's only fair. It's only fair. So... I think it was a misunderstanding about what type of player Alonzo was coming into the league because we we raved and of course the the antics and the popularity and and the uh, the hype surrounding Lonzo made it seem as if he was going to be the savior of the Lakers. Well, if you watch basketball, and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't watch a lot of UCLA basketball, um, and that's understandable. Even though UCLA was was somewhat of a team to watch because of him, I'm not gonna sit up there and toot my own horn, or or, or, or I ain't gonna say toot my own horn. Maybe that's the wrong thing to say. I'm not going to paint UCLA in a bigger picture than what they were. The only reason at the time that UCLA was being talked about a lot was because of Lonzo, you know, one of the top players coming out of high school. And, of course, he played for the best high school team in the nation at the time. And on uh, on top of that, you know, his pops, his younger brother who was being compared to him, um, and then, of course, the middle kid who was just just there. But he also stirred up a bit of news to add to the, you know, popularity, so to speak. But we must understand what type of player that he was coming out of college. Not even going back to high school, because in high school, high school is somewhat still, high school is still, I would say, closer to the streets. You know, even though it's organized basketball, it's a lot you can do in high school that you can't do in college and you damn sure couldn't really get away with in in the pros, you know, because every level that you go up is basically more difficult, you know, and more structured, I will say that. In high school, you can play for a certain program that's not so organized, and could let you get away with doing a lot of things. Not saying that when he was at Chino Hills, they was letting him do what he wanted to do. But you do got to realize that 
them Ball brothers was running that team. And they damn near, you know, controlled everything. Once he got to UCLA, UCLA has produced a lot of guards in the NBA. They have. Um, and he's a part of the one-and-done era, rightfully so. I, I, I believe he deserves to stay in the league, although he probably would have been even better. I, I believe I believe this with with most players that, that that's one and done. If you stay another year or two, you know you will be more seasoned. Shout out to Josh Hart, but you'll be more seasoned once you come into the league. But you can't deny some of the talent that's come through the you know college for one year and has blessed us with you know great highlights and great moments and great games uh, in the NBA just off of one one year of college. So, um, shout out to Donovan Mitchell. So, shout out um, to Jason Tatum as well. In college, he were he was a um, he was a de- he was a great defensive player in college, uh, as well as all uh, he was. I would say, as far as a score, he was average. You know, he averaged fourteen points a game in college. You know, seven rebounds, six assists. That was his average in college. What a lot of people didn't know was that he was second in steals. That's part of defense in the Pac-12. Second in steals in the Pac-12. He led the whole entire NCAA. Hear me again. He led the whole NCAA and Pac-12 in assists, in overall assists and assists per game. Tenth overall in defensive rebounds in the Pac-12. Hear me again, 10th as a point guard, 10th in defensive rebounds in the Pac-12, okay? So I'm painting a picture here. You're starting to get to understand who this particular guy is. He's averaging 14 points a game, averaging seven, uh, seven boards a game, averaging six assists a game, leads, Hear me again. He leads the whole entire NCAA basketball in assists. Now, the point I'm trying to make is the hype that was surrounding him coming into college, I mean, coming into the, the NBA, was that some people felt like he was, that we were pushing him to be the savior of the, of the franchise. That's not true. That's not true, but I understand it. Certain people are going to create narratives to make the Lakers look bad or to complain about the Lakers in some way. Why? I have no idea. This is the thing. I understand that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about the Lakers, as they should. I have a lot of, I have a lot of opinions about other teams as well. Most of the time, I don't care to speak on it. Why? I don't care about your franchise like that. I may say certain things to where I would like to see certain things happen because there is a lot of franchises that I like. I do like the Knicks. I do like the the, the Bulls. But it's more so because I like, oh, I, you know, I was raised in the era where, where those teams were great. They were great. And I like to see those old school teams, those historical teams come back. That's the thing, you know. No, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a a diehard fan for the Knicks. I'm not a diehard fan for uh, Chicago or or a team like Utah or any teams like that. That back in the day were 
They were great. But I would like to see them come back and actually uh, uh, bring some of that historical feeling back. You know, I used to love those battles between the Lakers and Utah in the playoffs. I used to love the battles between New York and Miami or, or, or um, you know, New York, Indiana, you know, Chicago, Indiana. Some great games, man. Great historical games. But at the same time, I didn't care if y'all failed. I didn't. And then I didn't try to figure out what they should do. You want to know why? As a Laker fan, we did shit different. We did. And I understand by bringing Lonzo over there, the hype that was built off of him made it easier for people to point and say, look, you guys are still doing bad. Well, we brought over a facilitator that could play defense and rebound. We didn't bring over a nutty cat that resembled Kobe. If we did, we probably would have made a move for Westbrook. That's the type of cat that falls off the Mamba branch. A nutty cat. Not as, as fit, not as efficient as Kobe, even though, even though Kobe wasn't that efficient. <laughs> but they cut from the same cloth. They're nutty. They have a chip on their shoulder. They want to be the guy to shoot the most shots and shoot the last shot. Doesn't matter who's on the team. That's not Lonzo. Lonzo is actually wanting to pass that ball for the winning shot. He is. He's an athletic cat. For him to be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he's very fast, very quick on his feet. He's very quiet. Not much of a vocal leader. He's damn near. I, I, I would hate to see him. Now, off the court, don't get me wrong, off the court he definitely has a personality. But I don't want to see him and Kawhi Leonard together trying to get the team hyped. I don't know if anything's going to come out of that. And I know a lot was put on him, and some would say, well, some of that was due to his father. Don't nobody care about that. You get into the NBA, you have to prepare yourself for competition, regardless of whoever hypes you up. I don't care. I don't make excuses for players. But I will say, if you're going to criticize a player, please know who you're criticizing and why. And don't put the wrong talent or don't put the wrong skill set on the wrong player. Can Lonzo score? He can. Is he a scorer? At times. His main thing is to be a distributor. His main thing is to play defense, which we'll get to. Now, I brought up B.I. earlier for the simple fact that he's another spotlight youngster that we have on the team. And he was looked at as who I just finished talking about, the killer, the scorer, you know, the, the somewhat the Kobe replacement in a way. Get there young. You know, they're 20, 21 years old. So we don't expect much that early. Although when you look over there in Boston, when you look over there in Utah, you can see that they're in roles where they're either ready to take over or they have taken over as the player. And I think because of the draft class that Lonzo is attached to, he's being compared to those type of players, but in the wrong way. Again, but there's no excuse because I've said during his rookie year, as long as he averaged anywhere between 12 to 15 points and, you know, five and five, I guess, the Lakers have a pretty good chance of winning some ball games. 
for him to be aggressive. But the one thing that Lonzo has a problem doing is being consistent. And I'm going to start from the Phoenix game that we played where Brandon Ingram got hurt. That's important because although we have a winning record without him right now, we did lose some key games. Not saying that he would have made a difference, but I must highlight Lonzo's stats to show you, to back up what I mean about what he did in college and why you have to analyze him the right way. So, in that Phoenix game, you can't really, I can't really break down his defensive uh, presence. One, because Booker left the game early as well, you know, and his replacement was Troy Daniels. Um, and that's, that's not saying much. He also got Jamal Crawford, the ageless Jamal Crawford, a combined, I think a combined 17 points. So I'm not going to tip my hat either way, you know, uh, because the premier guard w- wasn't there for Lonzo to guard. But after that, we played San Antonio back-to-back. And in that back-to-back, the first game, Lonzo had 14 points, uh, four boards, nine assists. He played the whole game, you know. If, if, if anything, he may have been out for like a minute or two. But I think I, I want to say he played the whole game. He did good against the point guards because in that first game, the Rosen went off for 32. I think we all remember that. Um, we won that game. Second game, we lost. He had 13-4 and 11. He played two less minutes. DeRozan went off for 36. Okay? So we move along. Miami, 10-7-4. Both Dragic and uh, Richardson had 17 points combined on 6 of 19 shooting. And this was Lonzo assignment all night. Richardson... Uh, and Richardson, to me, is not much of a better guard, but is a, is, is, Richardson is a nice guard, you know, so I'll give him that. Uh, but but Zoe did his thing against both players. Move along to Houston, the rematch, um, and, and, of course, the premier matchup, the key matchup against CP3. He was 7-3-8. and eight. He held CP3 to 14 points on 3 of 10 shooting, uh, I think CP3 had nine assists. Um, so, you know, he, he, did, he did a good job on, he did a good job on CP3. He did. Did he lock him? Um, I don't know if I want to say he locked him, but he definitely caused some problems. I mean, CP3 shooting that night was pretty bad. Uh, moving along, he had another challenge ahead of him. Charlotte. 16, that was his, that was his triple-double. Not only was that his triple-double, but he shared a triple-double that night with LeBron. He held Kimba to four points, two of 13 shooting. Now, that stood out because Kimba, just like Dame, um, they both, and Dame has more, of a, has, long, has more of a longer rap sheet than Kimba, but Kimba has been praised as one of the and and, and is and is seeking more praise to be one of the top guards in, in, in the league. If not if not uh you know top four, top five guards of the league, Kimba Walker. 
held him to four points. That's big. That's big, and that was big for Lonzo, you know. Uh, then we go on to Washington, which is, to me, is always going to be a big matchup uh, versus John Wall because John Wall has that edge to him. He also has that ego to him. And I remember the first couple of matchups, which I would say was pretty much even, is when, you know, was was the hype. Because you got to remember that the first time they played against each other was fairly early. You know what I mean? I think we was only about two or three weeks into the into the first uh, into the season. And every game we were watching Lonzo and his matchups and wall, I think, was one of the biggest matchups early on. And and I think they split. I want to say they split. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Wall did get get the best of him one time, and he definitely, and I'm talking about definitely, got the best of him this last go around this season, uh, where he dropped forty. Now, mind you, the last you know couple of games, Lonzo has been playing great defense. Great defense. Well, you look at his offensive production, and we, you know, besides the triple double versus uh, Kimba, you have ten against Washington, seven against Houston, ten against Miami. Um, that's not gonna cut it. And I'm not saying that bumping that average up to what I said earlier between twelve and fifteen would have made that much of a difference, but. I also see when he does score between 12 to 15 points, there's a different type of aggressiveness that goes on. He can get to the rack. And there's a lot of times where his layups will get blocked, but we got a point guard that can finish at the rim very, very viciously. Um, and that's what it is. We have an inconsistent, uh, I will say this, we have an inconsistent distributor, point blank. But, like I said, the wait is over. You know, with Rondo, with Rondo still rehabbing, I think it shows, hopefully it's showing Magic and Luke that Lonzo needs to be the starter. Not only that, he has to play 30-plus minutes. Got to play 30-plus minutes. And I know he's been playing 35 and up because we don't necessarily have a backup point guard, a legit backup point guard. All the guards that we do have to own the team, you know what I'm saying, Lance, Josh Hart, uh, Suvi. Like, we got a lot of guards, but they're scorers, shooting guards, you know. Josh, Josh Hart can play the one. He can play the one, but he's not a point guard. You know, he's not a point guard. Um, I think it's time. I think it's time. Um, I think it's time for Lonzo to step up, man. I've liked what I've seen so far, but I know he could play better. I know he could play better. That's all. And I'm not asking him to to play on the All Star level. That's a you know we we got a lot of pieces, so I don't want him to sit up there and go out there and try to outplay uh, outplay pay, uh, players because we got Cools. You know we got Bi coming back soon. You got Rondo coming back. We have a lot of players on this roster that is hard to manage because 
it's just so much talent everywhere. It is it is hard to it, it is difficult to get everybody going, you know, and, and and that's on Luke. Luke has to figure that out. But at the same time, when your number is called, just going. Lance does a great job, even though at times he might, you know, we know he gonna throw the ball away a couple of times. We know, but. He comes in and he does his job for the most part. He's going to get what he can get while he's out there. And I need Lonzo to do the same thing because I don't want to see Lonzo come off the bench anymore. I don't. His production is needed. His talent is needed. His skill set is needed with that first unit. Him, Kuz, Braun, that's the ultimate trio right there. And we need him to step it up just a little bit more. I'm not complaining about his performance this season. I'm not. I'm really not. I think he's done good considering, um, you know, playing with cats that he's never played with before and then trying to adjust with trying to adjust with playing with his favorite player. And now he's used to playing with B.I. and he's used to playing with Coos, but they're not all on the court at the same time sometimes. You know, so it's a new roster. But as a point guard, you have to figure it out. And I feel like he can be one of the greatest. If not not one of the greatest, I feel like he will be, a, if he stays on his team long enough, I feel like he will be a Laker great. I feel like he will be one of those guards that we talk about for a long time after he, you know, leaves the league. So, yeah, the wait is over. Lonzo Ball, let's see what he could do after All-Star break. I'm, I'm, let's see what he could do in general. You know what I'm saying? The Lakers get to the playoffs. Yo, I got to see Lonzo produce in the playoffs because there's no nights to take off in the playoffs. That's That goes with everybody. You know, everybody has their, it's time to turn on the, 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 the playoff game. You know what I'm saying? So that goes for everybody. But it starts in the regular season first. The way is over, Lonzo.